0: Well, today we're starting, uh, we're talking about the the story of Elizabeth, and uh, Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist, and she was also a relative of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the reason we want to talk about Elizabeth is because we're talking about hope today. Uh, Like Nick did a great job of reading, the season of Advent is the time before Christmas where we talk about hope, peace, joy, and love, and I, I think in that order. And we have these different candles that represent, are supposed to represent those four themes. And the pink one is the joy candle. So we're on Hope Sunday, and we're talking about hope this morning. And and hope for me has been something that through the years I've struggled with on and off. And uh, for the last, it's been about 12 years, almost 12 years, I've journaled. I've been a journaler. So sometimes it's... Every week, sometimes it's a couple times a week, sometimes it's once a month, just depending on how things go. I've taken some time to write a few sentences or a few paragraphs, journaling, just different things, how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking about, and oftentimes that's been themed around hope. So I wanted to read a couple um, a couple passages with you that I wrote about ten years ago, actually. This one, I think, is from November of 2008. It's kind of a bummer, so hang with me. I'm 26 and a loser. I feel like one tonight. In a dead-end job, I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know what to do. I can't be working low-end jobs forever. Eventually, I need to make our family some money. I'm wasting my life. There is some hope, barely there, hiding in the corner, but it's constantly being pushed away by doubt, insecurity, unbelief, cynicism, and mockery. Sometimes I just can't believe. I need that hope. That hope keeps me going. About a month later, in December of 2008, I wrote this. I said, is there anything better than hope? priceless, immeasurable, indescribable, uncontainable, this is hope. Hope can keep you going in the darkest of valleys through the worst times and through the most trying situations. If there's some hope there, you can keep trudging through. That's what I'm learning. I keep going because I think things can get better, because I can get somewhere, because it's possible. Without hope, I don't know. Hope is the most precious commodity in the world. It fuels the hopes and dreams of those who refuse to settle, who believe they can do more, are supposed to do more. Hope is the belief in possibilities, and hopelessness, rather, is the despair of the impossible. Hope. Hope has been such a thing that I've wrestled with in my life that I actually named my daughter, Lexi, or her full name is Alexandra middle name is Hope. But those contrasts of those two journal um, inscriptions, entries, pretty much have described my wrestling with hope over the last few or several years, I guess, going back to 2008. One thing that I think really describes my ups and downs with hope is when I was in seminary, I was working in a warehouse job um, in Commerce City and it was a a seasonal business so the summer were the busy time so summer you'd be rocking and rolling and winter things were really slow and like any job when things are slow they don't want to they don't want to work you right so they want to send you home so you're stuck you know if you wanna obviously I want to work and make some money so They'd put, they give you these simple jobs, and you, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation where the, the supervisor would give me a job that really would take 15 minutes. I mean, let's be honest. It's like, go rearrange that table, okay? Now, rearranging that table, if I really tried, would take like 15 minutes. Because we were in the habit of making things take longer than they should have taken to, you know, you know, stay in the clock, we'd probably make this take the supervisor would say, "Go rearrange that table. It'll probably take you an hour, right?" But again, we're trying to stay on the clock and make our family some money, so we'd go and make this job take an hour and a half, two hours. So as you can, I'm exaggerating to some extent, but as you can imagine, when you're doing something as simplistic as rearranging, you know, deck chairs, for instance, and you're making a job super simplistic and making it take as long as possible, just so you don't get sent. Home, well, that's pretty gets old pretty quick, and you know it, during the winter again when you know you you wake up and you drive to work before the sun rises, or as it's rising, and you get home or you leave work after the sun is setting, and I spend all day in a warehouse like this. I mean, there's literally some days I you know you don't really see the sun, so I got to the point where one you know we're, we're eventually I just go out and stand out and just kind of do this just oh sun so you know I was going through as I read from my journal articles or in script in entries you know I was during that time in my life I was figuring out a lot of stuff for myself you know working a job that I really was not fulfilled then you might say and just with the season and not seeing the sun just pretty miserable and it got it got not good. Not good for uh a time being. And and one day I just realized like, you know, I, I can't you know, I, I need I need some help. So I went out back behind the warehouse and I got on my phone and I called my doctor and and I said, Hey, you know, I'm I'm feeling this way and um, not feeling too great. And, you know, when you when you call your doctor, it's usually you're talking to a nurse. And I found out, you know, usually it takes you forever to actually get the doctor on the phone, right, if you really want to talk to him. Well, I found out there's a way to really get the doctor on the phone really quick. And the nurse asked me, well, have you thought of hurting yourself? And I said, well, so, yeah, sort of. So, you know... She's like, hold on. And looks, you know, like, Dr. Marshall is on the phone. Lauren, how, what's going on? And and uh, you know, in fairness, I hadn't really thought of doing any significant harm to myself. But I had this thought. And we, we worked in a warehouse with chop saws, and I'm sure you know what a chop saw is, but it's kind of this big thing where you just kinda of pull it down, and it's pretty safe, really. Uh, It has a sheer guard over it, so when you pull it down, the blade is protected. But I had this thought, and I was just to describe just how frustrated and miserable and and unfulfilled and hopeless I was. That I thought, you know, if I can just, if I can just, like, slip my hand under there, you know, obviously I don't want to do anything real damage, because, you know, I thought through it, like I don't want to hurt myself irreparably, but I thought, if maybe I can just slip my hand in there and get like injured enough where I could have to do workman's comp and I wouldn't have to come into work for like a week. That's how, that's how hopeless I was in that time, where maybe I can just get a reprieve for a few days just by accidentally, accidentally hurting myself. Now thankfully, I never, I never got that far, um and got some assistance, you might say. But I say it to say that hope has been something that I've struggled with and had varying relationships with throughout the years. I was having in that time, and in times I mean, don't read my journal for like a ten year span. It can get pretty depressing at times. But for some reason, hope is something that I've struggled with through the years. And, I, and and, for me, hope has just been keeping on going. So I say as someone who's struggled with hope, who's had this really intimate, tense relationship with hope, even feeling like just I only just barely had fingertips holding on for my life with hope, I say it and I look around what's happening in our nation, in our world, even in our communities, and think that we are having a crisis of hope we are in need of hope last week the news I think it was last week news came out about GM shuttering five plants laying off close to 14,000 workers you know we had this we had this shot of hope right that there's going to be a you know a, a new tax cut bill a new president, and for these communities, these Midwestern manufacturing communities, the shot of hope that there would be new jobs coming, and instead, it's the opposite. It seems like that hope that so many in those communities had seems to have dissipated. Last week also brought the news of the migrant caravan arriving at the border. And I think about how desperately in need of hope I would have to be to walk 2,000 miles with my child, 2,000 miles, how desperately I would need to be in hope of something beyond the poverty and despair and violence. What hope would draw me to walk 2,000 miles? I also thought last week about the news of the climate change report that was done by our own federal government and how it wasn't that widely received, I guess you'd say, by people in positions of power. And it causes me to wonder, and I'm many others, is there anything to be done to avoid what experts think will be a climate disaster? Is there any reason to hope? Indeed, we are a world, we are a nation, we are communities in desperate need of hope. Some might say we are in a crisis of hope. You know, there are many still struggling to provide for their families despite the promises of economic boom, boom, still struggling to put food on the table, struggling to hope that things will get better. There are still many minority persons who despite all the progress we've made, still struggle to hope that their difference and diversity will be accepted. There are many who find it difficult to believe that things will get better. We are in a crisis of hope, it seems, and we are in need of some hope. We're starting a new series this week called The Unsung Heroes of Christmas. And we're seeking to highlight the unknown stories of hope being born into our world. This week, as I mentioned, we're looking at the story of Elizabeth Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist, if you've heard of John the Baptist, and she was a relative of Mary. We're going to read this morning from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 39, if you'd like to follow along, or else we also have it here on the screen. But Luke, in this chapter, in this text, Mary, the mother of Jesus, comes to visit her relative Elizabeth. And that's what's described here. For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is who she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. It's a, it's a crazy story because while we know Mary and Elizabeth to be special people today, in that time, this was a meeting of two marginalized Pregnant women, then the thought that anything significant coming out of that meeting was absurd. One young, poor, and unwed, the other too old. Yet in these two women, the world is turned upside down. We know Mary, right? She's a young woman. Some people think she was perhaps only a young teenager. And an angel comes to her and says, surprise, surprise. You're going to be pregnant and give birth to Jesus. And again, she was engaged to this guy named Joseph who, in those days, and I keep, even still today, if you get knocked up by somebody else, he's not going to be too happy. So perhaps, perhaps this is why Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth because she's still trying to figure out how all this stuff is going to shake out, how Joseph's going to react. Maybe her family says, we need to send you away for a little while. And she goes to visit Elizabeth, and Elizabeth essentially functions as a prophet. And I don't mean mean a prophet in the way that she predicted the future. I mean a prophet in a more biblical sense of Elizabeth spoke truth, and she spoke hope to Mary. Mary needed hope and that's exactly what she received from Elizabeth. You know, as I mentioned earlier, there are many in need of hope. In many ways, we are facing a crisis of hope. Yet instead of being given hope, people are given fear, denial, and consumerism. When we are told, The Christmas story still matters because when we are told to fear, the Christmas story tells us to hope. The Christmas story still matters because when we are told to deny reality, it speaks the truth plainly. And the Christmas story still matters because when we are told to mindlessly consume, the Christmas story tells us to seek meaning. It tells us that there is more to us than the value of our, or the size of our net worth and the value of the gifts we buy. It speaks truth to those who would deny, disclaim, and deflect. And in contrast to those who peddle fear, mistrust, and division, the Christmas story tells us there is reason to welcome and to receive, and there is reason to hope beyond our nation and our world i see this crisis of hope even in our own communities i've been following this i've been using this social media platform called hootsuite which kind of manages all your social media platforms so i have my instagram for the church in there and i have my facebook in there for the church and i have my twitter for the church in there and i started trying to trying to follow hashtags and different trends in the community of Thornton. And I found this hashtag or this trend uh, called Faith Conversations. And I found these different stories where a, f- a photographer of some kind went around in, in parks and communities near ours and started conversations just with people that he or she would see in the park. And I was amazed by some of these stories of these faith conversations happening within our own backyard so the first one is a woman uh, i call her the woman in sunglasses now this this conversation took place in washington park so a little bit away but not too far from us you can't see it so i'm going to read it to you it says i was raised in a christian home and currently have strong christian faith trust in god has helped me through some heart-wrenching times Christianity does very well at bringing people together. However, I would love to find a community that guided you by wisdom instead of insisting on what you must believe and must live. Wow, huh? That's one. The next woman I'm calling the blonde woman in North Glen. Okay? This literally took place, this conversation took place at E.B. Raines Park, which is 120th and... What is it? Grant. 120th and Grant, this conversation with this woman takes place. She says, I'm a Christian. I have very positive feelings about faith and Christianity. I have a tough time finding a community of faith to be a part of. I love to find something that was a little more interfaith, or at least very open to more dialogue. I once had a priest that was very open and could take any question I had without being threatened I feel like communication, especially between different faiths, is very important. If I could ask God one question, it would be, if certainty about belief is so important, why is it hard to be certain about belief? Wow. That took place a few miles away. And then one more. I call this the gray mom from Northland because she's wearing a gray top. She says, when I think of church and Christianity, I think of love, compassion, hope, Jesus, all the good things. I have very warm feelings about people of faith. I'm not going to church, though. I'd like to find one that isn't about all the rules. Wow. We're here, here, right? We're here. These are people that aren't hopeless. Rather, they're looking for something in which to place their hope. And something tells me something tells me that these aren't the only people, that there's more than the people highlighted in that hashtag, faith conversations. There are more people searching for truth. There are more people searching for meaning. There are more people in search of hope or maybe somewhere to invest their hope in maybe this morning if you're here and you are you might be one of those people looking for hope. You're in search of truth. You're in search of meaning. And I want to say as someone who, as I alluded to earlier, has been there in that struggle, has been there in that valley that there is hope on the other side and keep going. There is hope. Just keep moving forward. But also, more than that, I want to say that I, I believe and I have found hope in Jesus. That in following Jesus, we find hope, we find meaning, we find truth. So if you're here and you're looking for truth, if you're looking for meaning, if you're looking for hope, you found the right place. I, I, I will confess that it's, it's not easy. I think one of the mistakes we make about following Jesus is the understanding that committing our life to following Jesus, or say, I'm now a Jesus follower, means everything is going to be hunky-dory. I guess we got some testimony that we know that to be not true. But there's this paradox to it. We know that we found this to be true, that in following the way of Jesus, we find that meaning and that purpose and that hope that makes it all okay, that makes it worthwhile. You know, even now, as I think about how far I've come, and I've been journaling for almost 12 years, my my journal that I've started filling in is only has a handful of pages, and then I have to think about the next thing I'm going to start writing. And as I think about how far I've come, and I wonder, like Elizabeth, how did I get here? Why has this happened to me? I know that I've been given a mission to share And more than that, I believe that not just me, we, if I can include you all, as Mission Gathering Christian Church, are being invited like Elizabeth to share a message of hope with others. We together have the opportunity like Elizabeth to be messengers of hope to people who are in need of hope, to people who are looking for something to hope in. Right? I mean, the Instagram people. Remember the Instagram people. Yes, we are a small community with small resources, but the story of Elizabeth shows us that God uses those people who are undervalued to do incredible things. So I want you to think about this morning as you go from this place, where can you bring hope? With whom can you share hope? And how can we proclaim the hope that is here? Think about that this morning.